Hey, what's going on? It is episode 155 of the Him and Man podcast. This is Dave. This is Ben. It's been a, it's been a long summer, to say the least. Took a, a couple weeks off, just a couple, just to, a breather. To bring you up to speed, I think the last time we talked, I was it was like the last days of living in my old house. Um, obviously, yeah. I moved. I'm living in the basement of my mom's house. For anybody who follows me on Twitter, uh, you see that uh, I have found, I, I've been playing puzzles and I found my dad's. I dusted off my dad's bow flex. one play a puzzle? Well, I mean, you do puzzle. I'll explain oh, that in a minute. put it together. But, okay. But I also, uh, I also dusted off my dad's bow flex extreme. When I first moved in, my mom's like, hey, you know, you're real good about selling stuff on Facebook. Uh, write a story about this thing and get it out of my basement. Well, I decided, why do that? I got nothing else going on down in the basement. It. Yeah, absolutely. So You know, with all the exercise things that you and I have tried and discarded, if we put it all together, <laughs> we could start our own, like, hey, my gym. <laughs> right. It would be like, there's... there's uh, there would be the man yoga. What, what the hell is it called? DDP uh, yoga. Yeah, DDP yoga. There would be uh, yoga with Adrian. There would be uh, uh, a couch to 5K practice going on. There would be Bowflex Extreme now. Uh, the speed bag that goes yep. with I have the pull-up bar. Oh, yeah. I think last uh, we spoke I was talking total about. Total gym? Yeah, the one that you clip into your, right. into your entryway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that I got my kid doing. He's up to two pull-ups now. If we took all the discarded bad ideas, like the Island of Misfit bad exercise... But isn't that how everybody, I would say, uh, at some point in time, I remember my basement uh, growing up was filled with a, old, a Nordic Trek that my dad bought, never yes. used. Yes, my, my dad had one too. Uh, you know, the, the splits machine that you crank, I don't know if you're... I was a martial arts guy, so... I remember my uncle and everybody had these machines that you put your legs in the and you one crank that them out. And Summers it, would no, would, not, not would the thing to gape with. not the thing to, to strengthen your your inner thighs, but this was to make you learn. It would train your body to do the splits. So you would crank. Uh, what, it, uh, dude? There's yeah. a machine for that. Yeah, you put your legs in like stirrups and you crank it forward and it it clicks your legs out farther and farther and farther and you do that every day. And the until gimp you comes split. in and dominates <laughs> you. <laughs> well. So our basement yeah. was always littered, and the, you know, remember the chain thing with the two handles that you pull across? Saw a guy doing that in the locker room today. Really? Well, no, it was more the the, the big thing that you grab that looks like uh, hedge trimmers, but you squeeze it together. Same concept. Yeah. This yeah. one with the loose Squeezing. chains, like the one that uh, that Mikey wrapped up his brother in Goonies to the chair. Right. Okay. Right. 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 Or Sylvester Stallone, you know, used that over pulling thing in the over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and we had the you know uh, the push up wheel. We had all. We had all. I remember my dad had the Nordic track, and I was just like. Look, I get it that it looks cool and it's kind of fun, but, like, the, the, the machines you do are always, like, in lieu of doing the real thing, I will do this machine because it's snowing so I can't right. run outside. But I'm like, Dad, you never, ever, even if I said, hey, I'll pay for it, let's go cross-country skiing, you'd be like, nah, that sucks. Nobody likes cross-country skiing. Yeah, because skiing. you can get off your Nordic track and sit back down on the couch. Well, just nobody <laughs> likes cross-country skiing. Everybody likes regular skiing. Well, So, I'll, like, to I'll, do a fake version of that, it's, it's almost like... Uh, it's almost like these are synthetic farts. Like when you can't smell the real thing, like here's fake ones. I have a buddy who lives in Wisconsin uh, that I go up and, and, and stay with when I pick up my kid from camp. And uh, I think I've probably talked about him before. He cross country skis by himself. See the guy that you guys did. Uh, you guys had nostalgia RBI nostalgia? baseball yes. tournament. Yes. So he crossed. He told me one day he's like, "Yeah, I was out cross country skiing." I'm like, "With well, who?" He's like, "Myself." And he's he's one of these guys that will go out into the woods for like days at a time or do you know? He's very. Uh, he, I can't do that. Is he super manly? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Canoeing, kayaking, but all all by himself. Like he doesn't he doesn't need he, he doesn't have to do that, but he chooses a lot of times to do that. It sounds amazing. Yeah, he's, you you would definitely uh, dig. That's all I want to do. Last time I went camping, it was a good time, but I thought I can't wait to do this with nobody here. Well, I would in a, in a way, like not in a bad way, but just like if I had time, I would camp by myself. Like 
Hell yeah. I went to Wisconsin the last time, and I was at the time before that, the time before that, and I was like, I hope I never have to return here. It's awful. Um, I can't... We, for the same the reasons state? you like it. Yeah, absolutely. I go, everybody makes me feel like... Because you have to... You're not, Wisconsin, as far as I've seen, is all... Everyone's an outdoorsman. Either still outdoors. You're, you're right. Have we run out of outdoors yet? You're riding bikes. You're canoeing. You're kayaking. You're fishing. You're uh, you know you're you're hiking. You're doing all kinds of outdoor activities. Yeah. You're going to a fest in the town. You're going to uh, you're walking everywhere. Such a man. Everything so far. I, told, check, I think check, I told check. you he had a grocery store where like you it was a commune where like you bring stuff that you grew and I might trade it with another guy who grew his and I was like this is this is this I is check awful. every one of those boxes. <laughs> every well, one of those Madison, boxes. Wisconsin is waiting for you. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> that was terrible. And you even have like a city if you want. Nobody cuts their lawns, though. I will say that. Everybody has like green foliage, like growing wild in their front yards. Fine. If that's accepted, good. Even better. I mean, out there it is. And they have those pop-up libraries every block. And I remember at the time saying, dude, these are the stupidest, the little libraries. My little library. Now they're everywhere. Yeah. Now they're here. They've, 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 I think he came back to visit once and brought one, and it's just spread like I have taken my book. Smallpox. I have taken my Jocko Willing book, uh, The Way of the Warrior Kid. I've had it with me and walked by several of those little libraries, looked at it, thought about opening up, and I was like, nah, you don't deserve it. You're not ready I was like, this. no. I was like, no. I was like, I'm not going to just drop this on this. Like, what if somebody gets it and they're like, eh, I'm not into it, and throw it, and then throw it, and like, don't, like, if you don't use it to change your life, I, I would be personally offended. Like somebody makes a table leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody takes it and they're just like, um, "This is a good coaster." No one will love it the way you love it. Nope. You have to sell it to somebody and then give it to them and then ask them for their and then ask them for how they felt about it and then make sure they give it back to you. Well, how about I go? You can have this for free. I need a book report. But I need I need a book report. I need uh, what, what do you call this? I need like double spacing, yeah. single single spacing. Five hundred words, double spacing, yes. punctuation, capitalization counts. Yes, and I need actual pictures of your kids reading it. Or, or doing pull-ups, either one. Is it possible to have a second midlife crisis? Or do you think it's just the fact that I'm living between my wife and my mother? Well, you claim to have already had one. Yeah, right. But see, I Definitely. think you had one premature, but circumstances environmentally have sort of forced like, you to have another. Sort of like when, when a woman is forced into labor by doing some sort of physical activity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like she naturally thought she was in labor, but she wasn't. Right. But, but then she then, went horseback riding. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, there's no much difference. What it's exactly that. Well, I can tell you this. The Bowflex was a great idea, and I think I told you, or I, I posted something on Twitter, and you're like, Bowflex? You know, like, oh, I, I can't wait to hear this. I pay such small snippets of attention on Twitter that I don't... I was I hit it hard for two days. I had one of these big posters with all the different exercises my dad had framed. I pulled it out of the basement. I, I put it up. Yeah, you know, nice. so he could see each uh, different movements and all this, and how to hook up the Bowflex in different, uh, you know, different ways. And it, I wish I would have knew your dad better, so he could have insulted me more. I, I blew, I blew out my forearm day two, and I haven't been able what? to all oh, because I was doing like a rolling action. And the thing with the Bowflex is, not only do you get it has resistance, so you're pulling it, and when you're going back, you're going slow too. And and, and with good. bows are different than weights because. If I go into a gym right now and I go, hey, I'm gonna, I know what I benched last time, or I know what I could bench comfortably. I know where I'm gonna start. Okay. You don't know what you're gonna start with a bow. You don't know. No. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you don't have. It's all just tension. Right. So you throw on. You go like, well, I'm definitely gonna do more than 50 pounds an arm. But can yeah. you? Because think about it. You're curling 50 pounds each arm. But it's yeah. a bow, so you're like I said, it's, it's I don't all curl 50 pounds each arm. Anyway, so well, yeah. unfortunately, I found out that I don't either. 
and uh, that took. I did ten. I did ten reps, and then the next morning I woke up and I had zero grip strength in my right hand because I pulled some sort of muscle from behind my elbow. You had like Saturday morning drunk. Oh yeah. So I, I went to work and I was telling my uh, my buddy. I've had I had that from passing out on stairs and sleeping on my own. <laughs> Where you're sleeping on a nerve. It's a, it's a condition. And yeah, I bet it is. I was in a garage band called Summer League. We named our we named our five track LP. We named it Saturday Morning Drunk Arm because my singer passed out in his house, uh, sleeping on a stair somehow, and slept in a weird spot where it like pinched a nerve. He woke up and he couldn't feel or move yeah. his arm. It was it was similar to that. So I talked to my my buddy at work and he goes, "Well, you're 40 now, and." Um, you're going to start realizing that you will not bound back from injury. You will not. He goes, you thought it was bad before. You'll get something like a little nagging injury that you could work out through and just be like, ah, I'll just take, you know, take an aspirin and, yeah. or, or whatever and, and uh, you know, maybe take some chondroitin, ginkabaloba, whatever, whatever, yeah. horny goat weed. Should do it. Whatever that you got. This, no you're pistol. back in the game. No, it ain't like that. I'm, I'm nursing this thing for, for three weeks, and every time I think it feels better, it starts nagging again. So I was like, man, I'm going to hit this bow flex hard. I got nothing else going on in the basement. So then after that, I started playing. I just started doing puzzles. And you asked me what's playing puzzles. Well, if you know me, I'm a very, very competitive person. Yeah. Well, the only person that I know that's more competitive than me or as competitive than me is my mother. So we started out doing these puzzles with me, my mom, and my kids. You are living the high life. So we're doing these puzzles, and the kids, you know, they lose interest quickly, and we're real quick to dismiss them. Like, okay, great, you're not doing the puzzle. But competitive puzzling, it is a group effort, no? Here's how you know it's competitive. Okay. We get down to the, the very end, and I see, I go, oh, there's somebody the who, obviously someone's done this puzzle before because we're missing a piece. My mom is hiding a piece under the table because she wants to put the last piece in. She's like, ah, I don't, I, I don't see it. Well, go, you know, I want to look under there because I, I thought I saw one of the kids. Maybe what? what she doesn't know is I'm also palming a piece. So it got down to. The, I'm telling you, this is the honest to god truth. I was unaware of the glory associated with final the last piece. <laughs> well, I called myself. I told my mom I was, I was getting in her head. I go uh, every time I find another piece. I said, oh, another one for the puzzler. I named myself the puzzler. And I told my mom afterwards, like Riddler, I said, but way more boring. Yeah, I said, I'm going to get a satin jacket uh, because I found an old satin jacket of my <laughs> dad. Smoking jacket. My, my dad was on a shooting team. No, like a satin bomber. Okay. And, and he okay. Had, so, and his team was called. I'm the, thinking like a crush doll. His team was called the Bull Shooters. So it said his name, Ron, and it okay. had a Bull Shooters patch. Nice. And I said, dude, I'm going to get me one that's a red satin jacket that says the Puzzler on the back with a puzzle piece. It's and like and white then I thought, or black lettering. I didn't think that white far. For the I, I guess white I, for the name. Can yeah, I white for the okay. name. Sure. All right. And then I and maybe white and yellow on the cuffs and on the, the band around the waist. I like black. So cuffs, I said I want to okay. put a puzzle piece on the back and put puzzler. And then I thought to myself, well, then people might think I'm autistic. So I I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know how I can. Yeah, I gotta maybe put three pieces. They're gonna think you're like the king of the autistic <laughs> right. um, people. He's the puzzler. Right? Yeah, so yeah. every single time I put a piece to go up, another one for the puzzler. They're going to be like, he will lead us. <laughs> like, you'll be like, no, no, you're in charge. <laughs> or maybe they'll just think that you're so down for the cause. Like, you're so um, uh, uh, philanthropic, right? That, like, that you have devoted yourself so much to this that you got, like, a doo-wop well, jacket. I thought about maybe because being the puzzler and doing puzzles is very specific to puzzle pieces. And maybe I could talk to the people over there. And we could change mm-hmm. up what they got going on. Switch it up a little bit? Yeah, because, I mean, the puzzle... I mean, maybe they could do a Rubik's Cube. Like, like step their game up a little <laughs> right. bit to match your intensity. Yeah, puzzler over here. Yeah. So. You're like, you think I would get this jacket if I 
wasn't here to, to really do this? The puzzle. And then I thought to myself, <laughs> to puzzle and I thought to myself, maybe there is a niche underground tournament league for puzzling. And we just haven't found it Do yet. you think it's like chess where they have like a little clock where it's like, you get a piece and then boom. And I don't like, know. Or maybe they put puzzles together upside down. Well, I like the idea of like, I individually took less time with my pieces <laughs> than you did your pieces. That's the only way that off the top of my head. Competitive puzzling? It's the only way I, I can think of to, to score it. Well, but you know how much I love Otherwise, the 80s. Otherwise, you got everybody keystring pieces. <laughs> in 80s movies. So I told my son, I said... Maybe I should write a movie about a competitive puzzling league that took place in the 80s. You're the best. <laughs> well, we actually watched Rad. Uh, I had my, because we got the fire stick at my mom's house. And, and it's so. Whoa, whoa, my is that kid, a moral dilemma for you? Well, my mom has it. She's a thief. I'm not. Okay. But now yeah. I partake from a distance. It's not, I don't know. I feel like that's the same as me watching a fight on Periscope. It's like Periscope. <laughs> so, but even more direct connection. I guess. Because I, I physically turned it off. You know what? It gets easier the more you do it. <laughs> but my kid's watching Rad and he's going like, well, this is a pretty cool movie or whatever. And I'm watching it going like, man, I wish it was better because I really sold this thing up and I can't even stomach to get through it. But, I mean, the 80s music and the, the he's idea. Like, I guess you could, I could see why this was cool well, for you back I, I try to tell him, I go, the thing about these movies is it's all about, in the 80s, it was all about triumph. It was all about overcoming things and underdog. becoming better underdog. Yeah. yeah. Perseverance. And, and I go, nowadays, it's, it's, I don't even know what it's about anymore. But all those movies, no matter what, if you think back, whether it was Big Trouble Little China, whether it was Die Hard, it was always the little guy, huge odds, overcoming those odds. Now it's about you're good enough the way you are. Even a nerd paying a hot chick to be, to fake that he's his girlfriend. Or, you know, she's his girlfriend. Yeah. So he could become part of the... But now it's about, you have to accept how you are now, and if people don't like it, they're the jerks. Right, right. So the there's no need to up down. your game. No, there definitely isn't. you're fine. Your game is fine, and maybe everybody else should understand that you are perfect the way you are. It's like, listen, I have a hard time navigating through life. All you people are screwed up. I'll have 13 reasons why. You know what that is on Netflix? I started to watch it because everybody was telling me, like, this is a must-see. I watched, the, like, half of an episode, and I go, it's not a must-see for me. I stomached through it. Uh, it's bad. Come on. It's bad. No, it's it's like it's Dawson's Creek stuff, right? It's like teen, teen drama stuff. I mean, although I do that thing where I'm like, well, she's 16 in the show. Technically, she's right. 22, so I'm not that creepy for being <laughs> right. super into her. I don't but, think you're supposed to look at this suicidal chick as a sex object, but go on. I, well, by season, by episode one, I wasn't sure you're not supposed to. So, so I don't know this, where this is going yet. Well, I'll tell you where it's going. It's about it's about people saying like I'm good enough the way I am, and uh, I went to get a massage. Okay. I no, this to, is you. Yes. Okay. Me in real life. I didn't know anything about Thirteen Reasons Why. I went to get a massage because I uh, bought a gift certificate for my wife, and eventually she goes, "I'm not going to do it. You can use it." So I used my anniversary present on my own massage. So I, I go to get the massage, and uh, I'm already super uncomfortable, and we've done this in past episodes. Yeah, right. where I don't, but I'm getting better now. I'm just like, look, I know I'm weird. Just let's let's get this on with. I legitimately do have a knot in my calf, and I just let's just let's hope I not let's hope I don't get a boner, and let's <laughs> let's fight our way through this. So so I go in and I lay down. Everything's normal, and this just giving me a massage. And again, I don't know. Am I supposed to talk? Am I not supposed to talk? Because some people go, oh, I talk to my mistress the whole time. But it's sort of like... It's not relaxing, though, well, is it? I'm, I'm paying you. Do I have to entertain you, too? I, okay, but let me let me just throw this out there. You are paying, so if if you 
want to spend that one hour running your jokes at her, then you can do that, or you could choose yeah. not to. That's up to you. Right? Yeah, I choose not. They to. should never engage you in conversation. It should well, be like a therapist this where they just go, uh huh. Mm-hmm. How right. does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, that makes me feel real good. I want, like, I want. If if I get a robot to do it, that'd be it'd be just as fine. Yeah, I, I don't. Their want. hands are a little. If I could get a, an Asian female robot, how about the robot it? from Rocky Four that comes in with the cake? Happy birthday, Polly! <laughs> exactly one. If I could get that thing to do it, <laughs> so I'm getting the massage. This goes, um, and it's quiet for about ten minutes. Then a few things, a few things. We're talking more and more. Next thing you know, I'm full on engaged in the conversation. I'm like, I was like, where is this going? But, but she starts talking about somehow we got talking about kids in school or something. And she's like. Oh yeah, I got bullied a lot. Like I actually left the semester early. Next thing you know, one knee deep into how mean everybody was to her at school, and how she had to get out of there, and it was awful. And I'm just like, okay, she I should mean, be knee deep in your quads, knee <laughs> elbow deep. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, it didn't go well for you, but we still got this massage to conduct. You know, she's she's telling me about like so next, I got her self esteem issues. She's sad. She's a sad masseuse. I don't want a sad masseuse. No. I don't. Didn't have to be happy, and this isn't an ending joke. I just mean I don't want a verbally sad masseuse. She starts telling me, "Oh, I, have you seen Thirteen Reasons Why? Oh, yeah, oh, it's so good. It's, it's, this is how real. unrelaxed are you at this point? I'm tense as shit right now. <laughs> like right now, there's there's spots in my neck that weren't there when I came in, and no chance of a boner. No, no. Oh, that's a silver lining. Boner's out. However, relaxation is out as well. You know this episode's called Boner's Out. <laughs> so she starts telling me, she, oh, you got to see 13 Reasons Why. And she's going, and, and, and they tell and they, How old is this person? I'm going to guess 20 or 21. Okay. Uh, not too far out of high school and not too far into college. She, oh, oh, you got to see it. And this girl slipped in, 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 spoiler alert, but the girl kills herself. She starts talking about teen suicide, teen depression, teen uh, overcoming uh, weight issues, being a female in this country. I remember when when only thing that would talk, the only thing that talked about uh, teen suicide was Heather's. I was good with that. Yeah, yeah, that was that covered all bases. Right. I thought right. So uh, she was a very sad masseuse, and, and and by the end, uh, I was like, well, I just wanted it to be over because I was like, well, I'm not super relaxed. I'm actually sad now. I'm a little bit bummed out. I'm sorry things aren't going well for you. But guess what? I get about one, maybe two massages a year and you just ruined it so it's not going that well for me. <laughs> the music me. went from Anya to boys, boys to men into <laughs> the road. Dude, it, no, it was it was more like uh, that Evanescence song where everybody <laughs> cries when they hear it, you know? All of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, no, it was more like like uh, it was more like the things like your, your teenage girlfriend in high school listens to right before she like offs herself. <laughs> and it was just like and I left and they're like, oh, how was your experience? I'm like, I'm like, who gives a shit? And I just threw him money and I walked out the door. It was. I but, would probably lodge a complaint, you know me, or yelp at least, well, at the well, very least. But I was like, if I say something, you know what's happening to this girl. You're getting her note. Here's my letter or whatever. No, if I say anything to her, yeah, I'm going to read about her in the yeah, right. But the headline would be, Sad Masseuse Offs Herself After uh, Apathetic uh, Podcaster <laughs> Visits. You know what I mean? So I was just like, I can't win, dude. I have to... I gotta screen them ahead of time. We don't even know what winning is anymore, right? I'm very. Unfamiliar. Let me tell you this. I'm very unfamiliar with the concept. I, I, I will, at this point, um, before I moved in at my mom's house, I have not watched the news clear. Definitely since the last time we podcast, I haven't even watched a real television show like in real time. I'm strictly on news? Netflix. 
No. Animal. How's that going for you? Does it feel good? You feel good? Absolutely. You should. You know how they say ignorance is bliss? so bad, dude. Yeah. It's legit. It is bliss. I because believe that. I'm the only thing I'm worried about right now is making sure my wife and my mom continue to get along while I live there. And and, and I'll get let, let, That th- is front page news for th- you. Things are so crazy because when you live with your mom and your wife, now I've been I've been together with my wife for 20 years. So my mom has known my wife, but she's never lived with her. Before I got married, I did it the right way. I did not live with my wife until we were married. So I didn't know what it was like to live with this person. And, and when you move, you know that, I mean, when you move in with somebody and you live with them and you see them in the morning and you see them at night, the bloom is off the rose. If there was a right way to do it right now, <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be out of it. The bloom is off the rose very quickly. Like when people go, yeah. oh, they're in their honeymoon stage. That didn't. That doesn't last very long. How long have you been there again? We've been together 20 years. No, in the, in the home with your mom. Two in, two months? That long? Yeah. That's so long. we got two, two, two to go. So... The, 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 I guess the interesting part is is like I know how my mom likes things and my mom likes things the way my dad liked things when he was alive. So my dad set the precedent from the minute I was born. Your mom and went along with your dad's game plan. Pretty much. And she's now, that's her game plan now because my dad, plan. now that my dad passed away, she goes, well, oh, I like the way he did it because that's just the way I know how to she's do it. She's kept the same playbook. It doesn't change. So I look at that. She's when I, good win-loss When record. I tell people, I go, yeah, I'm, I'm staying at my dad's house. I still tell that to people because Although my mom is the only one that lives there, it's my dad's rules. It's my mom. You know, they're, they're rules together. But we, they were generated, made up. That the, the the manual was created by my father. So I go there You'd and I respect the way. Still all over oh yeah, I, re, I tell my kids all the time. You know, Grandpa wouldn't have wanted that. Don't I find myself doing things? I go, oh, you know, I know my dad wouldn't let me do this. Don't, I, my dad don't I like really touch that. that. So I, I keep that going. Yeah, but then well, maybe you adopt some of them rules, or maybe you're not such a schmuck. It, I've adopted those rules, but it's, it's it's tenfold when you're living under his roof. Because I'm like, you know, I go, hey, he's looking down, and I don't want to yeah. do anything that's going to upset him. Like, if I stay but with the my mom, is, I have to pray like 18 times a day. As you know, when you marry someone else, they weren't raised by your parents. No. They, they do things very differently. If only. You know so, what I mean? so now, I have my wife living at the house. I know the rules. I'm clear on the rules. I've been grounded for breaking the rules. You I know how strict they are. Yeah. She doesn't know the rules. Uh, and she doesn't know that the rules, there is no bend. There's only break. And okay. so she doesn't understand that concept a lot of times that she does things the way she you wants to do You're either going them. by the rules or you ain't. So it's very hard for... I think every my mom to understand like she does things her way, my mom does things her way. I just always go like, well, I do things my mom's way when I'm at her house. I do things the way. Plus, this is happening as adults. So right. To give an adult who already has her own career, right. family, right, home, to right. give them new rules, it's like I'm a little long in the tooth for new rules. So you know what I mean, that's kind of how I would. I, I went to my cousin's wedding this past uh, weekend. And we're going to the wedding. We're at the wedding. We're we're, uh, we're drinking it up. My mom says I'll be the designated driver, which is great because I usually have to drive my wife around. I don't drink at all, ever. And so my my mom goes, you know what? I'll be the designated driver. I'm not drinking. You guys have fun. Love it. So we're about to get ready to leave the wedding, and my wife goes, hey, uh, I'm going to grab a roadie. And my mom goes, I don't know. I, I'm I don't know what that means. And my wife goes, yeah, just road pop. Take a road, road pop. pop. Yeah. My mom's like, still not clear. Don't know what a road pop is. I'm gonna take the take a beer, jump in the car. Not my car, you're not. So they pre-game in it. Yeah, no okay. post-game. It's post-game. Yeah, okay. my mom's like, mm, not in my car, you're not. It's against the law. I can't have open open alcohol. My wife goes, it's fine. Before we get pulled over and get a ticket, I'll pay it. And my mom's like, yeah, you're not bringing it in there. 
brought it in there. Don't lie to my dad. <laughs> just did it anyway. Just did it. Yeah, just did it. And then my mom was like, ah, I guess it'll be fine. Wow. You know, at end of the day, uh, you know, so what are you going to do? It just reminds me of the Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam when he will draw a line in the sand and go, he'll go, now I'm drawing this line in the sand and Bugs just goes right over right, it. Yeah. So he draws a new one and he goes, I'm drawing another line in the sand. My mom has another rule, no eating in the car. Before the wedding, my wife, we you know, we were we knew it was going to be a while, got to go to the wedding, and then had to, uh, you know, it was going to be a while before they served dinner, and she hadn't eaten. So she has a bunch of uh, chicken parmesan little sandwiches, and uh, she, my mom always, nobody eats in my mom's car. My wife gets in the car with a plate of food, and she starts, like a, a paper plate with parmesan chicken sandwiches, <laughs> just eating them. So I have to sit there and watch my, I'm watching my mom, I'm watching my wife, I'm watching my mom, I'm like, who's going to, what's going to happen here? But I, I, you know, my mom obviously is far more understanding now. As you know, that we do things one way and she does things another way. And God bless her because you know, it's just not that important when it comes down. I can see your mom being utterly to disapproving of oh, her rules being broke. For anybody but, who's but listening, but I can also see Julie going like, I just don't follow rules. <laughs> well, I look at it this way: 154, 155 podcasts in. You guys, anyone who listens to the show knows how I am. And that is directly attributed to my mom, which is directly attributed to my dad and my mom's parents. Right. You know what I mean? My mom's a culmination of what her parents taught her and what my dad's taught her. My mom's like a sponge. Yeah. But everything is traditional. Like, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that. So there's very there's a lot of... One day my wife made a, a Mexican, like a big Mexican fiesta. Got arachetta, the whole spread, table-side guacamole, <laughs> table guacamole. I mean, really nice spread. And she brought a 12-pack of Corona. My mom comes in and is like, what's this for? Oh, drink some Corona with the, you know, with this feast. Why you got to drink? You don't have to, but I, you know, I thought it'd be nice. Uh, yeah. So we're like, we're like two beers. Because a lot of times in my mom decides, Mexican cuisine, you drink. Or? My mom doesn't want to drink, whatever. My wife's got the, li- the limes and whatever. We go outside and we're playing Uno. My wife maybe had like two, three beers. We're playing Uno now? We're playing Uno. I love on this. Well, this is fun. This is great. It's, you know, it's Mexican. We're playing Uno. Mexican okay, that makes a lot We go out, now. we play Uno. And my wife, one. my wife accidentally knocks over her beer and my mom goes up. Oh, I think you had enough. I think you had enough. And my wife's like, I, it was literally because the table's crooked. They just bought my beer a little yeah. bit. I, plus, this beer is 5% alcohol. So you grab my Jocko book yeah. and put it underneath <laughs> one leg. I go, I don't know what's going to happen here, man. It might end up in a cage match. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You, you need to drink. You do everything. My wife will say that to me. She'll be like, do you have to drink while we do this? I'm like, no. I'm usually She's like, like why that, you, too. Why you, why you have to drink? Well, I don't have to, no. Am I going to? Yeah. Well, I'll ask my wife. I said, let's go, let's go out. Let's go to the movies. I don't want to go to the movies. Why? Well, let's, let's go out and get, you know, we will go out, we'll drink, we'll meet with some people. I go, well, we're going to go to the movies. Nah, I don't want to go to the movies. It's a waste of our time. We only have a certain amount of time before we have to get home. And I, and it's always, you know, that mm-hmm. is like, hey, let's cut loose. Let's have a couple mm-hmm. of drinks. And I'm a person that goes, well, I'm going to have to drive you. I can't really drink. Yeah. So let's have some good clean fun. So yeah. now I'm living at mom's house, battleship, puzzles. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I miss good, clean fun. The only reason I don't do it more is just the shame involved. Like, it's, now I, I pretty much. Unless well, my mom is expecting you to come over to podcast. Done and done. But I, I said I, my I, wife's watching The Bachelor. She's not willing to move, so we have to do it at a bar. I, would, I want to podcast with your mom. I want her to get in on one of these. <laughs> oh, definitely. She would absolutely. That'd be great. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the only reason I wouldn't want to do it is because I feel like your mom's like your mom doesn't. She can replace me. Yeah, but, just, your, but your mom's. I don't feel like your mom is like. She's not. Um, she doesn't disapprove of me so much. I feel like if I did it live in person, she'd be like, "Oh, just seeing you." They say might those, change you. She'd be like, "Seeing you say those words is is no good." <laughs> well, I don't know that you need to talk about massage boners, but uh, anyway. <laughs> I don't want to talk without that. 
That's my problem. I don't know how to have clay fun. In addition to moving, one of the things I had to do was uh, I, I decided that I wasn't going to move everything to storage and everything to my mom's house. So I sold every one of my records that I've been collecting since the time I was old enough to collect anything. Thanks for offering uh, me some of the records. Well, you can get them up in Griffith at the, uh, I forget the name of the place. So the SMJ? Region, no, Region Records. Uh, oh. Right on, next to on, the comic book store. Main. Yeah. Yeah. Main. So um, our, our friend Harvey Woodlawn said, hey, this guy's going to give you the best price. Good dude. Um, I made I made a killing. I, I, I made a decent really? amount of money. Oh, yeah. They pay you good money for records? Oh, the records I had were all, like, collectible, hard to find. Like, he had no, like, deep punk rock. So he was like, oh, I have nothing, none of this. Here's a sought after. Yeah, right. So, like, all the stuff that I had was stuff that I was on, like, Discogs or, like, different websites. And I put in this specific record. And when it came up, I bought it on eBay. So it wasn't, like, stuff that I had just bought. My Yellow Brick Road album wouldn't get nearly as much. Probably not. Okay. I mean, because this guy didn't have ten of those. He didn't have ten right. of the, you know. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. I thought I'd feel a lot worse about it. I didn't. No, no well, remorse. When did you ever listen to them? Never. Didn't. It was a collector's thing, but right? Like, it was, kind it of was one of those things where I had, like, I had a, a Misfits import live recording that somebody did and pressed to vinyl that wasn't available anywhere. Like, somebody recorded it on a recording device themselves, bootlegged it at a concert, and then pressed it. And it was, like, a, like a limited pressing Who of, like, that? 500 records. This is, this is in the early 80s, so, I mean... Wow. I mean, I, I don't even know what possible. kind of tape. They had one of those, like, tape the big tape recorder with the handle on it. Yeah, yeah. You got, like, um, a strap on it. So so I had a couple of records like that that were, like, like super sought after for people that specifically want that. But the quality was awful. And if you look it up anywhere, it's like, well, the music sucks, the quality sucks. I would but just, it's something that people like, go, like, I want that in my collection. But you'd have to find the right buyer for that. Yeah. Like, he would have to now find the right buyer. Yeah, but he looked at it as like, wow, nobody had... like Because he went and researched each record. It took him like four or five days. I gave him everything. He got back to me like a week later and was like, I've researched all this. Wow. This is what I can offer you. Let's negotiate. Yeah, mine's so, just kind of junk. Then I gave all my audio cassettes away to our, our friend Harvey Woodland. All of them? All of them. Everything. Well, I mean, everything that, that he would like. I got some other like stuff that I did myself on 4-Track that he right, didn't get. Right, right. Like, he listens to tape still? Yeah, well, I mean, he he, I think he's one of those people that like... He, if you listen to stuff on cassette, it sounds different than you listen to it on record. And he had nothing. A lot of the stuff I had, he didn't have. So, well, that might be nice just yeah. to have it there. It's free. I, your, I gave him a ton of stuff for nothing. So. Attach your Walkman onto it and drive right. around. Yeah, I, I don't. He told me that he got tapes from you, but I assumed it was videotapes. I was hoping it would inspire him to uh, to continue on to down, write some yeah, more. to write some more stuff. He, by the way, just started putting everything up on like digital download and like a media. But now file he's putting sharing. it back on YouTube also. Just for me because I complained. I did too. I couldn't get anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, edit that part out. But uh, my thing was, I almost wish I could. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to do it myself. Just rip it from YouTube. I want it. To have to listen, save. No, I wanted to have it and listen to it and put it in my pocket. Like, yeah. uh, like I don't, I don't have YouTube Red or whatever it is. I don't right. want even. I don't. Even, I'm being so specifically picky about how I want to consume his work, but I want it like to where I can just hear it. Because I, like you said, I think you said before, uh, I like to put it on and literally go to sleep to it. I do every single night. Do you really? And once he took it off YouTube, I was like, uh, I had to listen to white noise, like I, uh, a train or that a fan do it or for me anymore. it doesn't. So when he told me today, he's like, I'm going to put it back up tonight. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be sleeping gloriously again. I try to do that now, and I try to, like, 
if it's slow music, I'm like listening to what what key is that in. If it's like nature sounds, I'm like, oh, that dripping. But you know, like, I can't. <laughs> I gotta have, I gotta have someone talking, and I have to be able to disengage from it and just have it go. But on. again, his voice is so the way he presents it is so monotone and yeah. so, and it's interesting. But always. Sometimes I have to start in the middle because I'm like, oh, I keep listening to the first three yeah. and I fall asleep. Well, a lot of times I will listen to Sam Harris on YouTube or something like that, and I'll just put the phone down. But his stuff, sometimes when he's talking about neuroscience, I'm not that interested. Mm-hmm. But his monotone helps me go to sleep. Harvey's got that similar... Not that it's boring. No, no, no. It's just not, a, not he, monotone. He's got such a relaxing, like... I have a high nasal hyper voice. He's got like a, here's how it is, folks. You know right. what I mean? Uh, and so... Yeah, I need that to fall asleep. But uh, <laughs> I actually, I was listening to the other day. Thank God he did it because I was listening to a uh, Kelly Pavlik, the boxer, has a podcast, but it's only on YouTube. And so I was listening to that, and I woke Does that up. That work. I woke up listening to Megan Kelly talking to uh, Putin in Russia. He was speaking in Russian, and then it was being translated into English. It must have been some sort of thing they put on. Whatever show oh, she has, just YouTube wormhole is going on while yeah, you slept. Yeah, right. And so yeah. I woke up eight hours later listening to Vladimir Putin, and I'm thinking, like, how many of my dreams were altered by the different things that I listened to in the middle of the oh, night? Well, my new other thing to pass out to, by the way, is my wife still says, "Can you please just unplug?" The other day I tried to unplug, and I laid there for 45 minutes. <laughs> I shut, staring at the back of my lids, couldn't do it. I my, think you get you you get definitely sensitized to that specific. My brain needs to be on a certain frequency. But my new favorite thing to fall asleep to is the Larry Sanders show on HBO. I start watching. He sort of got the same cadence. I, well, he's very uh, reserved. <laughs> I, I put that show in. So is Hank. I put that show on and I, I, I crash out to that. Hua. Uh, hey now. <laughs> hey now. That's hey now. So yeah, that's my new thing. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it because my son religiously listens to this podcast so he doesn't know it exists. Uh, my boy turned six today, so that was pretty cool. Um, he started kindergarten a couple days ago, as did your first grade. First grade? First grade. Now, what? Yeah. yeah. Your kids in first grade? Mm-hmm. Oh. She'll be six in September. So she made the, the beginning part, and he's at the back end, right? Because he'll be six. He turned six today. Right, yeah. She doesn't turn six until September. So he technically could have moved forward. No, he couldn't have because he missed a cutoff. Cutoff was the end of August. She, she turned six September 9th. Yeah, well, you're saying it doesn't make sense because if you... you have. Oh, to she's be... in kindergarden. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm talking about. There you go. Now we yes, know. Yes, now she, we know. I'll have to delete all that. Yes, Of course also. she's in kindergarten. Like yeah, you said. Like yeah, you said, right. she's in kindergarten. Yes, kindergarten. So I dropped my son off. He was, well, we live uh, within walking distance. So I just walked him to school. And he was so excited. So happy to go to the first day of school. So uh, we go the night before they give me this big list. This is new stuff to me. They give me a big mm. list. You got to get you got to get four, 47 boxes of crayons, Kleenex. You got to get <laughs> 1.2, no, 1.3 million glue sticks. Which, by the way, God, what are they gluing, dude? Yeah, you have to buy eight. Okay, you have to buy 56 folders, uh, 116 pencils. We get all this stuff. Finally, this is the party he's been waiting for. We're at we're at Target. I say, okay. This is, this, is, this is your moment to shine. We got all these supplies, and they're all in the cart. I say, you know what's coming up now? And I said, where are we going to put all these supplies, bud? A backpack. Iron Man. We're going to put them in a the backpack. Spider-Man. Backpack. I can't wait. Backpack. He's so excited. I said, yes. There's two aisles. Because we live in America. That's how we do shit. There's two aisles of backpacks. And I say, white privilege. Hey, you know, what, you know what I say? I say, this is how high on the hog I am. I say, money's not an option on these 
DC's cap on at fifteen dollars. Money's <laughs> not an option. I say you pick any except for the real good ones with the, the, the no Jan Sports. The Swiss, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not. We're not. We're not walking across Europe. Okay, <laughs> grab your backpack. I say money's not an option. Grab whatever backpack you like. There's one of uh, my kids really into space. He loves planets and science stuff. I said, look, this one's got test tubes. This one's got planets and. Oh, it's so cool. Ah, oh, that is pretty neat. He tries it on. Yeah, I think I like it. And then he sees BB-8 Star Wars. Oh, that's pretty cool, too. He tries it on. I said, that looks super cool. All the kids are going to love you. He goes two or three backpacks. All of a sudden, he drops the ones he's holding, runs across the aisle. His eyes get big as dinner plates. I'm like, what? He points up the one on the top. I doubt. That's the one. That's the one I got to have it. I got to have it. I look up. There's a backpack. Pam Anderson. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just Baywatch. <laughs> you got to open the straps. It gets really obscene. So... He looks up at the top. I, I I reach up there to grab it. It's a backpack full of these little manga-looking kitty cats. His whole backpack is covered from stitch to stitch in kitty... Kitty... What? <laughs> you were yelling. Oh, that's how I talk. <laughs> I yell. Sorry about that. We're doing a show for everyone. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> whatever. So, you know, their lives are very boring. Indians. Not one person has turned around, so it must not be that interesting. They're like, he's loud, but not funny. <laughs> uh, so he looks and he wants his back. We said, that's the one I got to have. I'm like, what, dude? Like, I know we have a couple cats in the house. So I'm like, oh, he's like into them. Oh, they're so cute. They're so cute. These kitty cats are so cute. I'm like, dude, what? Come on. Like, I'm like, look, check it out. The one, the one with the astronauts on it is super dope. Like, get that one. No, 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 no. That's the one. He's. He's got his mind so made up, dude. That's the one I gotta have. I pull it down. I was like, well, maybe it's not as bad as it looks. Maybe it's just it's got cats on. Kids like animals. It's nothing but kitty cats. Like it, it's not like. Uh, so, but is it, is it is it like cats. an Andy Warhol cat? I wish it was. <laughs> I wish it, it's not like hanging there, kitty cat, like where they're fuzzy. Mm. So it's kind of like okay, they're like. It's a cat Williams. <laughs> yes, it comes pre-sweat upon. It's super wet. It's, it's got, got a towel that hangs. It's got a bunch of S curl soaked into the back, so when you put it on, your hair gets super slick. Uh, <laughs> no, but it is. It almost looks like cats that would be like in Nintendo games, like I like a manga style. And a couple of them like an back- eight bit. A couple of them were backwards, so it's like cat butts with tails and stuff. And I was just like, I tried like three or four times. I'm like, are you sure you don't want this other one, man? He said, no, no, I want the cat one. I want the cat one. Now, here I come at this weird crossroads where I'm like, am I, am I uh, doing some sort of vicarious thing through him? I was like, look, dude, I'm not saying, like, you're going to get beat up for having a cat backpack. I go, but, I mean, are you sure you want to invite this upon right. yourself? And he's he's not even kind of getting I told it. you, man. It doesn't, bullying does not exist. He's like, he's like, he's good. He's looking at me like, what are you, like, I'm speaking another language. Yeah. And I, like, again, to that Jocko book, there's like, there's a bully named King Kenny. He's king of the jungle gym. And I said, hey, I was like, Dex, you remember that book with, with King Kenny the bully? And he goes, yeah, I remember that. And I go, well. King Kenny may not like your kitty backpack. <laughs> exactly. I said, there might be kids at school that are like King Kenny. I go, and if you wear that backpack, they might say mean things. Which is misleading because in the story, it's, there's only one King Kenny. Now you're telling them there's going to be multiple. There's King Kennys on every block in every town. <laughs> Each kid is his own potential King Kenny. Sure. So I say to him, I was like, well, there might be some kids that say things that are mean that you don't like, and and it, and it may be an issue for you. And he's just looking at me again, blinking like, what? I go, I'm just. He's saying, like, no, I, you didn't. I, I picked the kitty backpack. You're not understanding, <laughs> right? He's like, it's like it's tantamount to a twisted sister backpack. Dude, kitty, I, I don't get kitty kits are awesome. What are you stupid? <laughs> right. That's how he's looking at me. Like, are you dumb? And finally, I just go, dude. I'm just saying, 
kids might be mean to you to wear this backpack. I'm not saying for sure. I go, but they might be, and maybe you don't want to bring that on. He goes, never mind. It's never mind. And I was like, oh, he's mad at me, but he's going to choose a different right. backpack. Like, never mind, Dad. I'll grab the one you yeah, like. Right. He, and he goes, no, never mind. He goes, if they do that, I'll just defend myself. And I'll also concede that Conor McGregor knocked out Pauly Malignaggi. Didn't happen, but but, but if you're going to keep on down his road. He's like, but never mind. But never mind. Yeah, he says, never mind. It's a push. Not a knockdown. He goes, if it happens, I'll just defend myself. He's basically saying, like, I'll I'll, I'll fight over this backpack. And I go, He's like, where's the Mad Max backpack? (laughs) Right. Barbed wire on it. So I say, okay, you can wear the kitty cat backpack. Um, So he went to school wearing his kitty cat backpack. And Came back to raves. In true fashion, when you said, oh, this really bullying is not a thing, keep, the more I keep hearing about how every kid gets bullied in school now, 18 reasons why I got a sad masseuse, right? Everyone loves his cat backpack. Oh, Dexter's so cool. He's the only kid with a cool kitty cat backpack. I mean, right? He's the only boy with one for sure. No problem. Right. Kitty cat backpack, not an issue. No, now, I, now, I, 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 I really think the, the schools are obviously doing something right. Now, I understand it's kindergarten. And I don't, I'm like, some kid's not going to go like, Hey, hey, pussy, you know what I mean? And knock him over and take his stuff, hopefully. In Definitely not in 2017. Yeah, ho- right. Hopefully, <laughs> you wouldn't think so, but uh, but I thought, I almost, there's part of me that wanted him to get a little flack for it, just so he went, oh, maybe I should. Right. But then I go, am I just being a dick? He's, he's, you just don't know what it's like. He's because six years old. Things have changed He likes kitties. So you know what? Much. I like cats. What's the problem? Between when your dad was a young man and you were a young man, things hadn't changed in the way that we looked at the food chain physically yeah. you know as animals yeah. but now the way the food chain is is women women rule the world they're on the top of the chain they determine what is acceptable what isn't acceptable so you see different things you know yeah, like you said a lot of things on the show but I will not sit by where you call women food <laughs> I will not sit here and let you say that they have a they, they, are, they, they are almost as good as men they have a they have a greater <laughs> obviously a greater influence we were doing it wrong yeah, well, I, I, I often argue that bullying, sure. bullying is a great concept, and there should be bullies because it teaches you how to deal with adversity. However, I think, I think peer pressure and a little bit of, a little bit of, I mean, I don't think like kids getting like their teeth kicked out of school is is good, but I think someone going like someone checking you every now and then. Yeah, like like you almost have a friend would like, dude, kitty cat backpack. You know as well, well as I do. Five, he's six. You know, let him, let him, let him be a kitty cat backpack kind of dude for a while, right? You know as well as I do. You always need to keep those friends around. That that, that you, I, I, no matter where you are in life, I have these certain friends that like they don't work in the industry I work in. They don't care about the stories I have. They always will bring it back to literally like, dude, don't you remember the time? And they'll, they'll bring up some humiliating, embarrassing thing when I was a kid, a teenager, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And those are the kind of people that like. But th- that's over with. I have more I, of those I just don't now think, than ever. I, I, I just like don't. It. I don't think that happens anymore. You just know, the checking. Because I, I even remember like getting into the workplace in my career, and it wasn't much different than being in high school. It still isn't. But I think that as no, time goes I on, would, you're going to see these yeah. young people progress, and they're going. They're going to bring this mentality along with them, where it's like you can't. There will be no sexy calendar girls hung up in the, in the garage. There, none of that will exist. I mean, it, it exists probably still now, but hidden. Like, I remember my dad was a mechanic, so in his shop you would see a, a cheesecake picture of a girl with a scantily clad or naked with a, a wrench. Sure. And now you may see it, but it's in a back office. There will be a day where that doesn't exist. They don't even take those pictures anymore. But period. is it like... It's like, just a guy in a bow tie holding it. To cite the almighty Adam Carolla, what he says is... 
he always says like it's it's um, reflexive. Like the more sort of pussified or pacified we become, there will also be a pushback to that, and that's like this UFC. Like when I grew up, not that many dudes knew how to fight. I think more people did fight, but didn't know what they were doing. Right now, less people fight, but the ones that do are pretty badass dudes now. So it's a pushback to that element. So whereas, yeah, women are going to obviously be treated more fairly. There's going to be a pushback in, in that uh, in, in the opposite direction of that as well. Well, so you may not find as many calendars, but the ones you do find are going to be horrendous. You, it's interesting you bring that up because in the last maybe like month, uh, there's been a podcast. It's called Bite the Mic, uh, Mike Tyson's podcast. So there's a guy, oh. this guy, um, Bite, last, uh, Bite a mic. guy, a guy who has been like a lifelong fan of Tyson, who is a broadcaster himself, basically convinced Tyson to do this podcast, and he ba- he interviews Tyson. So, like, a one episode, they have Flavor Flav, and they talk about Mike's interaction with Flavor Flav over the years. They oh. have Lennox Lewis on one episode. They talk about Lennox Lewis and Mike and how That's they're... cool. Yeah, it's really cool. The one thing about... I've never Mike, heard of it. Interestingly, the one thing about Mike Tyson you'll learn is, like, the dude is a lot more philosophical than people give... Because, obviously, you look at him as, like, the Mike Tyson that you've been provided, right? It's yeah. been given to you. It's been fed to you. Like, this dude is an animal. He only has one gear, and... Yeah. To some extent, when you peel it back, like you peel. No, onion, after watching his one man, I go, "There's some layers." To you this peel too. back at the onion, and you go, "Wow, you know, Mike's really got some insight." And then you peel back another layer, and you're like, "No, he's absolutely just an animal." And he back, tripped over. On, he accidentally tripped on some insight. Then you peel back the next layer, and you go, "Okay, well, all this stuff has literally he, he, he like this dude has progressed from lessons learned. Like this is definitely a guy who has evolved mm-hmm. as a human being." I'm not taking away anything. I, I don't know what he did or what he was convicted of or if he did it. or who, take, Put all that aside. I'm just talking about the mental warfare part of that. When we talk about bullying and things like this. the mental. Listen to the podcast and listen to him talk about the psychology of fighting. The psychology of mental preparedness for fighting. And I know we talked about this before when we... Well, he said he was scared to death every time oh, yeah. he was in the ring. Yeah, he goes, you know, because there are people interviewing him going like, or, you know, some of the interview conversations are like, hey, when you went in there, was your whole mindset like, I'm going to kill this person in the ring? And he's like, no, I just, I didn't want to get killed. Like, I put, I be, I, this this was a character I was being. And I loved being that character until I didn't love being him anymore. I love that idea of being so prepared and trying so hard and working so hard and being prepared. And when the time comes, being scared shitless. But since you're prepared, you're scared, but you do what you're prepared to do. It's like and taking that, a test. It sounds redundant. No, it's like taking it's a like, test. It's like people are bad test takers, but if they prepare, the anxiety of the test itself scares you until you open that book and you look at the first question. You go, oh, shit. Right. I did do what I needed to do in the gym. Everyone gets that fear. Sure. Everyone gets scared. Sure. But the guy who's so, – so since you're both scared and what I'm falling back on is, is super, you know, preparedness – well, I, I just love that idea. So, so, awesome. so when you hear a guy like Mike Tyson saying that, to me, that is like the pinnacle of manly manliness. Probably in my dad's era, it was John Wayne, or uh, what's his name from uh, Gary Cooper, Gary Cooper, or uh, what? What's the other guy that Charles Bronson? Okay, Clint yeah. Eastwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mike Tyson was one of those guys, and it's funny because even in one of the episodes, the interviewer's like, "Hey, P- Peter Rosenberg," he's like, "Hey." 
people used to literally talk about you in passing, like how much money would it take for you to get in the ring with Mike Tyson? Yeah. That's how crazy it We've was. talked about and it it's, on yeah, this show. It's funny because you hear Mike hearing that question. I think and we being decided like, we were both really way too scared to do it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, he, and, and, and to hear this guy saying like, hey, at this, at this during this time I was so drugged out I don't know. Didn't know what was going on anyway. Didn't even know to be scared because I was, I was, I'd already given up. It was all about money at this point. I was on drugs, blah blah. But even so in the still, early days, yeah. like the, the fight psychology of this guy, like saying, like I went into the ring and I, I, I owned this guy. But in my own heart, I still was trepidatious myself. Yeah. However, I did not let that on. You didn't know that, but I was terrified. And I went and then you know, it's just very interesting. So. Um, it's crazy you can be that I scared wonder if and that's, still be scared of anything. That mentality still... Yeah, because you know everyone in the world is terrified of you. Because yeah. to say any boxer came into that... And I know these boxers are professional fighters. But I can't believe that there's anybody that didn't go like, this guy's a complete animal I'm getting in the ring with. Now, I'm a good boxer. But this guy down and dirty is like just a heartless, mean, yeah. nasty son of a bitch who just yeah. drops people. I got a strategy I think can beat him. <laughs> right. But I think he can eat me. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I wonder if that's going to exist anymore at some point in time well I think it's going to be uh, fewer and far between but when it does exist it's going to be like white hot like, but it right? needs to be existing in the atmosphere of, of sports and athletics and that's why I always question the whole everybody gets a trophy mentality because there really is no it, it's like that whole idea of, of, of socialism where it's like there's no real reason to progress to that level when you're going to be rewarded, like this guy was looking for at if some level, some sort of satisfaction. Though. Yeah, of course. But this guy was looking for somebody to recognize him because he didn't have it in his childhood. But like, appreciate what he yeah. could do, and you know what I mean. So, like, if everybody's appreciated for everything, do we ever? Is there a point of having Olympics? Do we ever even have right. athletes that strive to that next level? I think they just. Yeah, I think there is. They just do it for different reasons. Well, you know as well as I do. As dramatic. No matter if you're a do- if you're a doctor, there's always the doctor that that graduated with the D, and there's a doctor that graduated yeah, yeah, this class, yeah. right? But I think you're going to see because that mentality. There'll always be people that were are born to just go out there and, and do it, regardless of who's looking over their yeah. shoulder. Yeah. But I think you'll see less and less of that because you will see as generations move on, you'll see less and less parents that push that. Because now it's like people have taught us. You see more dads showing. I went to a, a parents' night for my kindergartner. There was a lot of dads there. Yeah, mine too. I just can't mine imagine too. that my dad would have ever mine went to anything like that. Mine too. You know? No. And Let's your see. dad was not like my dad. But he still would have been like, I'm, I'm not going to that. My dad still would have gone to that. Yeah. yeah. But it was saying they're, they're two different kind of people. Yeah. They still thought this is beneath well, me. Well, when you say women, mom's job when you say women are food and they're at the top. <laughs> um well, but, but but you're right. So, but some of those ideas are, are very good. Like some of these, like maybe guys should be more involved in their kids, you know. But or knows we are, you know. But so. so I'm saying, as a society, that's what's happening. Is you're seeing more interaction. You're seeing more transparency between fathers and yeah. sons, and fathers and, yeah. and and daughters, and the dad's more involved. And my wife said, "Hey, did you want to sign up for as being a field trip dad?" No, I don't. And she's like, well, you know, I'll mark it down. And maybe you'll change your mind sort of thing. My knee jerk is to go like, yeah, of course I want to. But then I think about it, I go, do I really? Uh... No. Well, before we leave boxing 100%, because the fight's coming up. I don't really want to talk about it. Lord <laughs> knows when we're going to put this out. We don't need to give our hot take on right. it. Right. Well, there, there should be only one hot everyone take. Everyone and their mother gives a million hot takes. 
Um, what are we doing for this fight? When is it? 26th? Yes, it's next Saturday. Not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday. You got invited somewhere you're going to go? Because I'm considering... I have no idea. I'm considering if I can get it on the laptop and patch it through to my television. You better try that out first. Yeah. Because you don't want a house full of people that are like, oh, especially me. I was talking to Santa. He's like, get on the fire stick. And I was like, yo, I'm not inviting people over. Yeah, and a chance that a fire stick may work. But I don't think it's weird. We could periscope it onto your television. But people use their TVs as monitors all the time, Mm -hmm. right? So if I can get it through, I will get the fight. I'm considering having it. I don't put an eight yet, but I'm considering having it and just having a few people over. Uh, so we maybe should do that. Obviously, you think uh, Paul Malinowski is going to win the fight. <laughs> well, well, here, here's what bothers me. And I told my wife this. She goes, well, are you going to go somewhere? Or are you not going to go somewhere? And I'm one of these people that, like, I this is something I really enjoy. Like, some people love Blackhawks. Some people love, this is something I really enjoy. Yeah. I'm not too hyped about this particular fight. But if I am going to this watch is more it, side show than, than yeah, this than is like thriller. an exhibition, like yeah. Drago versus Apollo Creed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in my opinion, like if I'm going to sit down and watch it, I don't want people. I don't want people to use it as a background because my wife was, you know, it's like, oh, well, my friend may be having a party. Need to watch every nuance of it because I still am a a fan of the sport, so I want to be able to comment intelligibly on that. So what I'm saying is, is like, when I, I'm not going to fight. Study that one. Oh, but yeah. when this, but, but this. Well, but but I what I don't want to do is go there and it be background. You know what I mean? Like where people, I'm the only guy watching it. And there's people standing in front of the television. Well, it won't or, be that way if I'm able to do it. I got to talk to Dream Crusher. She's known to throw a few <laughs> things down. Uh, if you got to move your TV out to the garage. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Even if it's background, the only reason it'd be background is because I'm messing around with the kids. So I have to figure out what we're going to do about that. Uh, because just a quick plug. The 25th of August, um, I'm doing an acoustic show with One Timer at Wild Girls Brewery. And the 27th... Back there, huh? Yeah. And the 27th of August, I'll be doing a solo acoustic show at Bulldog Brewery in Whiting. So I have two shows that weekend. Uh, what do you do with this solo acoustic show? It is... You play the same song as your band plays? Oh, I know a what lot, a solo yeah, acoustic yeah. show means. It's me and a But cello, I'm like, do you do something and a, completely and a different? whiskey jug. And a, <laughs> no, uh... Yeah, a lot of the materials. I didn't know if you went off on your solo material or, you know, what. Well, well, sometimes I will play stuff that I wrote that we don't always do a one-timer. Or I'll play stuff that we don't... Like, there's some Radiohead and some, just some weird stuff that I don't normally play with the band that I'll play. So I'll probably do... Like, when I played at Bulldog last time, I played a few originals that I never play. How often... Uh, how long is this set? Like an hour? 45 minutes? I'm going to play one to three. One to three hours? No, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. On, That's a long time. Two hours? How many breaks? No breaks. I mean, I guess I no, would I'm think it's going to play for long. two hours. From I mean, one, think one of the song's hour. like two minutes long. You know, a, a normal song's average song. Song's closer to four. Really? Yeah. yeah four well, on average. You're playing in the God of DeVito. No, look, a pop titty's about three and a half. Something longer's about Well, five. I guess I'm in the punk rock realm. 17 seconds? Yeah. Well, so how many it, songs it, you have to pick? <laughs> right. Right. Verse, chorus, smash. That song's about four. When I played at Bulldog last time, I played for almost three and a half hours. I took well, he one... can't shut you the fuck up. That's, that's right. <laughs> so that's the problem. It's they have to. They had to. Well, actually, at one point, I had finished my time and I was done, and they were like, "Cool." And then people kept going, "Why are you done? Why are you done?" And the bartender that didn't happen. The bar, <laughs> one guy. All right. No, but no, but there was people that are going like, "Hey, it's quiet now. Why are Why aren't you right. playing?" And the bar, uh, the bartender was like, "Yeah, we don't care. Keep playing if you want." They're like, we're not paying like, anymore. Yeah, well, so, and I go, well, I already got, you know, it's fine. But anyways, 
I have two shows that weekend, which is the 25th through 27th. Um, so squeezing the fight in between those might be a tough sell. So we'll see. We'll see what you we know, can do. I, I have convinced my wife, and I don't know if, if I've told you this or said it on the podcast, but uh, she has taken over the entire house. I have not asked to decorate any rooms, do anything with anything. The new house. The new house. We don't even have Our laundry room's I mean, upstairs. Like I'm saying, but I mean, we've seen the models, so we know what the house is going to look like. We, mm-hmm. we saw the floor plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has given me free reign to, uh, as of now, to set up the basement in any which way I want to. So I definitely plan. Now, this was kind of weird because I said, oh, I want to have this really cool boxing themed movie room, theater room. Like theater seating and a bar and everything like that with an old like boxy old boxing gloves and old bell and all kinds of stuff like that. However, I don't really want people at my house, so it, it's gonna be, maybe I'll bring one guy each time. I don't know what's gonna happen, but like you know, popcorn machine and there. You know, there's an old I love to cite South Park. There's an old South Park episode where Cartman wins all his money, and so he buys a theme park. He's so happy. He's got to own himself. Everyone goes, "You're not gonna be happy by yourself. You're not gonna be happy. You're gonna want people." But he is. He's so happy. He's riding the rides by himself. He's like, this is so great. He's got tears in his eyes. He loves it. When the ride breaks down, they go, look, you're going to have to hire a maintenance guy. So you're going to have to let in one person a day to pay for the maintenance guy. So he lets in one person a day. Next thing you know, oh, uh, these people need a bathroom. You're going to have to. Next thing you know, you're going to have to let in five people, ten people. Pretty soon he's got a long line. Now he's back where he was in the original. He owns it, but he's got to wait in long lines like everybody else. That might be how your bar works out. No, you know what? You're going to have this the nice decorated place. Wanting, the thing is with me is, like, I am all about, like, I remember one of my wife's friends goes, hey, I, you know, I can't wait. You're gonna, I heard you're going to have a bar. I can't wait to come there. And she's, like, 24, 25 years old. I go, yeah, you won't be coming there. Like, my thing is this. If you, like if, tobacco if, honestly, dudes, you're not if allowed. you come over to watch a fight, I, I, I don't mean, I'm not trying to say I'm going to be super strict about it, but, like, that's what I, I like to watch the fight. I, I don't want to... That's what I'm going to be doing. So, you know, usually when you host something, you have to entertain at like some this, level. This is an Oscar party, right? Is what you're saying. Well, it could be at different times, but when those things are happening, especially if you pay a hundred bucks for a pay per view, it's like yeah, you want to watch the thing, right? Right. So um, that's the plan, and uh, I, I definitely, you know, there's definitely a lot of people I've met through the podcast who I know are, are fight people and, and or at least are interested enough that would I would love to convince anybody to be a fight person. I think in the right environment. We have a group of guys who continuously watch fights. You can create that. Yeah. And I've even seen in you, like I said the other day, I was like, dude, now you're, I, I think I might have gotten you to the point where maybe you're watching fights where normal, casual fans wouldn't watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was a big it. fan in the De La Hoya era, and then I kind of fell off because I didn't know who else to follow. It was Mayweather. You know what I mean? Sure. There wasn't a lot of exciting But fighters. the thing is, too, is you don't. there's not a lot of other people you hang around with I know for me that watch boxing, so I find myself buying these eighty dollars pay per views and watching it with it's myself. It's an open market, <laughs> right? You got to do it. So I'm trying to bring in some 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 people well, and convince them. It's a deal. You build a den in a bar and buy the fight, I, and, and, and you we'll, pay for the we'll booze and we'll show up. We'll show Absolutely, up. I can do that for you. All I ask is that the I, I don't want to ever have to talk about this again. So this is a one and done. When the fight's over, you dismiss yourself. <laughs> so if that happens, now I don't want it to be uncomfortable when it happens. So just know now, you heard me say it. When you say dismiss yourself, you mean number one or number two? I mean, like, just leave and never come back until the next fight. <laughs> so, I mean, I, mean <laughs> I hear you. I hear your words. I actually I had, because we have, like, a den area, like an office area that yeah, I was going to use that, for podcasting. I understand the words that you're saying to me. She put the nicks on that. She's like, yeah, you can do that in the basement, too. So, um, 
we're gonna. I'm gonna have. I'm, I'm hoping to have a whole setup down there that's just specific to. Uh, you think you picked a weird time to do this? Boxing sort of feels like it's dying out yeah. slowly. Like, I don't know, man. I've always, I've always been a champion of the the stuff that's the. The, it's punk, right, right it's punk rock, end, man. Baby. Boxing's punk rock. It is yeah. punk rock. Not that many people like it. Hey, I've been there since day one, all right? That's all i got to say about all that. Right, you're the first fan. Well, that is episode 155 of the Hey My Band podcast. We will see you probably in about ten weeks. So, uh, mm-hmm. later.